Hey everybody, Brian Zane here with another edition of Wrestling with Regret. Wait a minute, hang on. Where am I? This isn't this isn't YouTube. This isn't the Cinnabon. Where the hell am I? Gaming Street Irregulars? Well, I know a thing or two about gaming and certainly being irregular, but no, this is not my scene. I'm out of here. <laughs> Good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time of day it is. Two weeks later since our previous podcast. Yeah. Oh, vacation. Yeah, so, sorry we didn't say much about it in advance. But Gaming Street Regulars is back, and we are the same as ever. Hi, of course, I'm James Iris. Joining me as always is Chrissy Harding. Hi, everyone. And to get back into the groove of things, we're doing another episode of Know Your Regulars. And... One of our dear friends from the area has been kind enough to join us today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Justin Toner. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to have you along, buddy. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. So actually, as a first question, uh, I usually when when we do these Know Your Regulars, we usually have the guest uh, point the way for the music intro and outro cues. So what game music did you want us to pull up? That's a good one. If I had to pick do, one, it would do, probably be do, 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 probably something do, Final do. Fantasy related. All right. And we will quickly play something Final Fantasy related, and we will be right back to start interrogating our guest. I mean, asking him some questions about gaming right after this. Let's dive right on in. Justin, let's start by talking about your first experience with any gaming consoles. I mean, I believe you had an Atari 7800 in your day. Yeah, the uh, the first gaming system I ever had in my home was first we had a, my parents got me an Atari 2600 uh, version. I had that for a while in the early to mid 80s. And then... We did get the uh, 7800 Atari at some point. I think I picked it up at some kind of like flea market or something, if I remember right. And uh, it was like dirt cheap. It came with a bunch of games, so it's like, so I ended up having both the 26 and the 78 at the same time for a while. You know, had all the games. No, not no. <laughs> I mean, not all the games, but you know, a lot of the more popular, well-known ones. You know, it's like I had Asteroids, Pole Position, Pitfall. Uh, uh, probably name it. I probably had it. You know, I didn't have Missile Command. Had Pong, I think, at one point. You know, a lot of the classics, and um, I don't remember any of the seventy hundred games. I probably have to look them up. It's like it's been so long, I can't remember that well. But well, eventually, unfortunately, (laughs) some of my little uh, 
cousins wrecked both <laughs> both consoles by uh, trying to insert the cartridges uh, upside down and to the point where it's like they they got they broke. You couldn't insert the cartridge at all, which is unfortunate. You know, it's like I was <laughs> wasn't too pleased, but you know, it's like they were only like a few years old, so it's like I'm not gonna hold it against them. That's better than what I tried to do to our first VCR. I tried to put a peanut butter sandwich in it. Jeez. <laughs> uh, but uh, hey, by at that least time, they were putting the right item in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by that time that happened, though, the um, this was like late '80s, so the NES, the original Nintendo Entertainment System, was out. But my parents did not get that for me. I think they wanted to cool it. Having me have a game system, so it's not like too much of a distraction. But all my cousins <laughs> pretty much had an NES, so I got to play NES quite a lot. So you know, there was Super Mario Brothers games, original of three or two, Zelda, many others. But eventually, in the '90s, I finally was able to convince my parents to let me have a video game system, and so I got my hands on the Sega Genesis. And uh, I have many fond memories of the Genesis system. So many great games. I think I still have a few games stashed somewhere. Probably in my parents' garage. I don't have the system anymore. I sold it a couple years ago. Uh, the, the original system I had. You know, it's like, <laughs> I look back and maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I could have held on to it. But I was, it's like at that point I didn't really care. But I decided to keep the... Some of the games are still around somewhere. And I really enjoyed that system so much. I mean, it's like Sonic games, Comic Zone. It's like I played all of the fighting games. I had the Star Trek The Next Generation game, which was extremely difficult. Let me tell you. It's like, uh, <laughs> uh, it's like I had to work really hard to get to the end of that game. It was not easy. It's like there were just some missions that were extremely difficult. And I had stuff I had to just like do multiple times just to get past. It was very frustrating. I thought it was going to be... A fun, easy game, you know, being a Star Trek fan, but no, no, it wasn't. Eternal <laughs> Champions was another one I really was really fond of, even though mainly it wasn't the best fighting game. And of course, James shares my love of the Streets of Rage series. I had uh, all the way up through three on the Genesis. Uh, those were always fun to play. Then by the time I got to college, I was able to get my hands on both like a Super Nintendo uh, system used from a cousin of mine. And I had that for a couple of years. A couple, couple games there, and uh, I played through all the uh, Super uh, Star Wars games, the original trilogy games. Those were pretty fun. Cousin mine had all three, and we played through them. I always liked the. So I was a Star Wars fan. Those was a lot of fun. Super Mario World, of course. Then by the late nineties, about the t not around the same time I first met James when I was in college, is around the time I finally got my hands on the uh, first PlayStation, the PS One, and uh, got introduced to <laughs> the world of Final Fantasy. And, you know, it's like I got hooked on that hard uh, with uh, Final Fantasy VI. Although, I played that as the Final Fantasy III version, U.S. version on the on the uh, Super Nintendo first. But seven and, uh, you know, Resident Evil and some other stuff. And uh, I was pretty much a PlayStation person only, uh, right up through the PlayStation 3. Fortunately, that console got stolen when uh, my... Uh, House was broken into, uh, geez, it was like about eight years ago now, about, and uh, a bunch of stuff got stolen. It's like my TV and the PS3 and all the games I had were gone. You know, it's like it was unfortunate, it sucked. But um, just haven't really gotten the uh, Game Console 6. I've kind of switched more to 
just playing stuff on my PC. I do have a Wii system. I almost forgot the Wii. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't buy the Wii. I, I won that at a contest but at work when I was working at Wegmans like years ago. So that was really cool. Uh, so it's like I got the system for free. And uh, I still have the games for it. I still occasionally play them. Uh, I thought it, the Wii was a very nice system. You know, it's like it, and uh, that's pretty much it for gaming. It's like, you know, there's, you know, more of the online or just the PC stuff the occasional here that I, when I can play. I mean, my laptop is limited and uh, it's getting kind of old, so eventually I'm going to get a newer system. I'll be able to play some of the more newer games I've purchased off Steam that I've been able to play on the system that's tool, like uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake and a few other things that I've gotten dirt cheap thanks to Steam sales. I always got to be careful with those because it's like... <laughs> It's like sometimes when the stuff is dirt cheap, but it's like, I'd like to buy that, but I can't play it. I don't have the room on my computer. <laughs> but it's like, but you can buy it, and then you can just install it later. And the other side of me is like, mm, no, I can't spend the money. And it's like, you know, it's so, you know, the angel and devil in my head keep going back and forth, and I just have to back away when that happens. <laughs> and there's also usually that also part of it's like, well, I could buy and play it later, and later never comes. Exactly. Mm. Something else always pops up. Yeah. The gamer dilemma. Uh, usually, real life is what pops up. This yeah, that fair. too. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, it's like I don't play the games as much as I did when I was younger. I got so much other stuff going on, and between work and you know, it's like I watch movies or you know, TV or you know, hang out with you guys, my friends, and playing whether it's joint games like Jackbox or RPGs. Um, you know, Dungeon Dragons, whatever. So, so occasionally I'll find time to do something. There's some games that keep my self occupied when I'm doing certain things. I got this uh, Final Fantasy game on uh, on my phone that I play occasionally, and uh, some other stuff. Just minor things, you know, like crosswords or play words with friends with uh, <laughs> my mom and some of my other relatives as a way to pass time sometimes. So. But uh, this word, this pretty much covers most of my journey gaming-wise. And you know, it's like I've had a lot of different systems. I've played a lot of different games over the years. You know, would I like to eventually get a console again? Probably, if I can afford it. But right now, it's like no, I got other stuff to worry about. And uh, yeah. uh I wouldn't have be able to find the time probably really. But uh, you know, that's what friends are for. So it's like if I really want to play something, then it's usually it's a co-op game. So it's like usually. It's something that both James and I like, and if James has it, then you know eventually we'll eventually find time to do a little two-player thing and have fun with it. So, so what is your favorite? Because um, we are because we talked a little bit about the video games. What's your favorite actual like board game or like pen and paper game? Well, pen and paper RPG game is definitely without question Dungeons and Dragons for sure. And I've had the most enjoyment you know, playing that over the years. Now, I don't have as extensive experience as some of my people who played D&D. It's like, you know, like, you know, it's like I've played, you know, you know since first edition. Or it's like I played, you know, second AD&D in second edition, you know, in the 80s. And it's like, it's like I first got introduced to Dungeons & Dragons when third edition was out. Late 90s, early 2000s when I was in college. And played for a few years with some people. But then, uh. Walked away from it, and then uh, I got back into it last couple of years with the uh, fifth edition. It's like uh, I think James introduces me to, you know, it's like the gaming group, and uh, so getting to play D and D again has been a lot of fun. The campaign is 
which is us on hiatus, of course, thanks to COVID, but hopefully we'll get get to start back up sometime again soon. We'll see. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, even though I had to retire my character because they may kind of died. So it's like I got had the whole new character ready to go, and then it's like, you know, COVID happened. <laughs> so I was like, so I'm excited about the new character I'm going to play, and they're ready to go whenever we're going to play again, so it'll be fun. Um, board game? Oh, that's hard. I'd have to say when I was younger, in um, my early teens, probably Monopoly. It's like, it's like the sister and I played that like a theme, especially with one of our cousins. His name's Jeff. It's like we would stay up like past like one in the morning playing Monopoly. You know, it's like it's like you know we had that much fun and some other board games too. I mean, um, the ones I really enjoyed, I played a lot when I was younger was uh, Clue, Life, and oh, Risk. I always like Risk. Not everyone. That's like that's a love it or hate it kind of game for some people. I always liked Risk, uh, but it was. That one depended on it was sometimes it was hard to find people who wanted to play that. It's like you know, it's like because uh, those games could go a long time. <laughs> you know, it's like risk is very time consuming. Mm-hmm. So it's like oh, uh, yeah. it was it was whereas like Monopoly, like it could be short or it could be long. You never know. It just depends on what on how, how things play out with you know which properties you get hands on and how quickly you can bankrupt everybody else. But uh, it's like risk usually tend to be you know a couple hours of investment, so it was something that some people weren't too keen on. So, but uh, there's just uh, these days like there's so many new board games I've been introduced over the years. You know, it's hard to pick a favorite. God, uh, if James probably named a couple of them. I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I like that, and oh yeah, I like that. And it's uh, but um, you know, I was younger growing up, those were the ones, the usual go-to ones. I also played Candyland when I was younger too, but. After a while, I kind of grew out of that one, and it was gravitating more toward Monopoly. <laughs> well, naturally, that that's that's more teaching you about games than actually playing the game. Oh, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, yes, we had sorry in the house, and um, shoes and ladders, uh, Connect Four. So had a lot of like you know the go-to classics from uh, that time period from the eighties into the nineties. We used to yeah. have one that was called Payday. Payday. That one sounds familiar. It's the one where you had to try to go through them. Like, you, you would play until you went, ba- like, until someone went bankrupt or oh, yeah, you got payday. paid at the end of the month. And, but you had to pay bills and figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we didn't own that, but I do remember playing that at least a few times. So I just, it's kind of vague, but I, it's like a kind of tr- when you when you describe that kind of like kind of tr- jogged my memory a bit, oh. but um, I always en- enjoyed board games growing up just as much as you know, a video game, and uh, still do. And sometimes this is more fun because it's like it allows more interactive craziness with your friends and stuff like that. So I do enjoy a good board game for sure. All right, what's the first time you remember rage quitting a game? Ah, uh, um, probably Monopoly. <laughs> uh, this should not. I honestly, that's. I'm surprised none of us have brought that up as our first rage quit. I, I really I'm am. Pretty sure it was Monopoly. Like, 
just by circumstances. It's like <laughs> my sister and my cousin <laughs> came pretty, kind of had their own rage quit moments too. Sometimes you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, remember, 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 remember you got all the, all the properties you got boardwalk and park place, and you're just, it's like, no, you owe me, you know, like a couple thousand dollars here. You got to pay up. Oh, you can't. Oh, well, game over. You know, mm-hmm. especially if the dice don't go your way. And it's like you're like, I'm rolling so crappy. What is this? So. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure Monopoly was probably my first, like, rage quit on a, on a board game that I can remember. Thankfully, that doesn't happen anymore. I've kind of mellowed out as I've gotten older, but uh, when I was younger, rage quit was definitely a, a thing. Kind of came close to doing that a couple times in video games, especially uh, Final Fantasy. When I was playing, I remember Final Fantasy VII got on my nerves because I was trying to be a completist and get everything and trying to take down the... Uh, all the, the various weapons it was not easy. It's like I had to grind like a mofo. That was not fun. I got really frustrated at times. <laughs> it was like I would take a break for a couple of days because I was just so angry. I'm just like, I've had enough of this. Enough of this bleepity bleep. <laughs> Definitely tried to avoid, you know, chucking the controller. But uh, there was a couple times where I just threw down kind of the controller a little bit in disgust, you know. I'll admit to that. But uh, I tried not to because I didn't want to break it. You think that I didn't break any controllers like that? Thank God. Thought I came close though a couple times. <laughs> I think most of us have had some close calls with those things. We forget how expensive they are in the heat of the moment. I know exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. <laughs> That's why I became more aware. I was like, uh, I don't want to have to spend forty or fifty bucks for a new controller. So uh, I think I need to uh, turn this off and walk away for a while <laughs> and calm down. Well, probably the most frustrating part is like when the system started to go bad. Like uh, <laughs> when my PlayStation Two started to go bad, it was like it wouldn't read the discs. Oh man, <laughs> it was like I pounded on that thing really hard. I probably made it worse, but it's <laughs> like in the heat of the moment, I was just like, work, work, work. <laughs> nope, probably not. The, no, not the smart. It's like, no, we are not doing that for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easy to happen when you're in heat of moment. I mean, you really invested in a game and you want to beat it, and like you get to that just like this quest or this boss, and just like you have to. It's like you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times, and you still can't beat it. <laughs> like, I just scream. Everyone, but at the same time, you get sucked into like I could do it this time. I was so close. It's like, yeah, exactly. No, just walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a couple times where it's like it's like I was almost there, almost, and then it's like you know, I made the wrong move or something, or just like it, just bad luck happened where it hit the right move and it's like knocked my knocked my party down or something. It's like ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> so I'm sure this is this is kind of a little bit of a softball one, but what is your mm-hmm. favorite video game genre? What is, what is your expertise? If someone was like, what do you if you had to pick, what would you pick up and play? Ooh, that's a good one. Apparently not as softball as I thought. <laughs> At first I was going to say fighting games, but it's like it depends. It's like it takes a while to learn fighting games. It's like I have a tendency to to go to just button mashing to try to survive uh, without really thinking about the nuance where it's like, you no, know, execute this, then execute that. Where instead I just want yeah, I, I have I have a tendency to spam, so probably just um always it's like RPGs 
like in the vein of Final Fantasy others, uh, I've always been really good at. Sometimes I've had to resort to guides, other times I've uh, had it's like only for certain times. It's like, but those always uh, seem to do very well and just felt natural. Also, you know, certain side scrollers just depends on the kind of genre. I mean, like, um, I was never into like Metroid or Mega Man, but like, you know, the stuff like Streets of Rage or things like that, that's a little more in my wheelhouse of like, I can just pick it up and just like be, just go. You know, it's like, oh, Double Dragon is another good example where it's like, uh, it's, I remember I think, uh, didn't take me too many, me, uh, and a friend too many tries to, uh, beat the other Double Dragon the first time we played it. Well, it continues, but, uh, <laughs> it's like, but it's a few hours working, boom, done. You know? Yeah. Okay, so, so just so you know, the technical term for those games like Double Dragon and Streets of Rage, those will be a, a belt scroller. Belt scroller, okay. Yeah, because you know it looks like you're kind of walking along a belt. <laughs> right, the you know the conveyor belt is moving you along the screen. <laughs> well, that's actually that's actually a very appropriate term for that. I always knew them as like side scrollers or vertical scrollers. Yeah, but side scrollers. Belt, I like that one. Mm-hmm. I like that one belt. It's a more accurate term. So, do you have a character you remember best from your days playing tabletop games? Yes, one tabletop and one live action because when, um, when I was in college at UB for a while, I was there for a time getting my master's degree and ended up not finishing, but the time I was there, that was when I was really introduced to D&D proper and some other games too, including um, LARPing live action roleplay, I spent a few years in a continuous long-running uh, LARP of Vampire the Masquerade. It's like, how familiar you guys are with the vampire, the World of Darkness stuff? Oh, I love vampire. She's I more familiar it. than I am. I, I, I played vampire and White Wolf. It, I've done the White Wolf series. It, yeah, I played a, a little bit of... I mostly did the LARPing, but I did occasionally do the tabletop for some one-shots. N- nothing like long-term. But I enjoyed the LARP because, yeah. just because it was fun just uh, interacting with people. And the LARP system was pretty simple. I mean, it's like, uh, I took to it pretty easy. It was a Camarilla-based game for those who are familiar with the lore. I don't know. It's like I could go into a whole thing about explaining the lore, but I don't know if that's necessary. But for those out there who are listening who are not familiar with Vampire the Masquerade, basically, it's part of an overall setting called the World of Darkness. Basically, our world, but at night in the shadows, vampires, werewolves, and other stuff of that ilk. Uh, come out to play. The uh, There's uh, different types of vampires. There's the fallen to basically what are clans or bloodlines. They all have s- similar powers, but there's some that are unique to uh, each kind of clan. Uh, the one I played was a member of the Gangrel clan who are more in tune with nature and the beast. They Their special power was the ability to uh, do the classic uh, vampire shape-shifting into animal forms. Mostly wolves. <laughs> I turned into a wolf a couple times. But uh, I had a fun character in that game. Same was uh, Liam. I played him for four years um, before I retired him. I had a lot of fun. The character, he had a fun backstory. The character's backstory was that uh, he'd been a Civil War veteran. And uh, after the war, he got turned into a vampire by this guy who was like a 
mentor and like friend of his. So he had kind of interesting thoughts about certain things, and uh, he'd uh, he'd fought other wars on the side and stuff. He ended up uh, having a high position in the local court system. He ended up being like the sheriff of the city for a while. Um, <laughs> although he got close to got to, maybe a little too close to uh, other vampires, which caused some members of his own clan to not trust him, and so he got put on the shelf for a while. He, uh, he got. It was it was it was a classic. Uh, hey, can you meet us in this location? We, uh, it's like we're gonna have a meeting. We're gonna talk about some stuff. And when I got there, they all a uh, couple of members of my clan jumped me and beat the shit out of me. And uh, I basically got like put into unconsciousness and was like locked away for a while because <laughs> they didn't, they thought I had like <laughs> they thought I had betrayed them, which was not true. It was not, <laughs> but they didn't know that. Um, they assumed you did not things. hit them. That was a lie. That was bullshit. You did yeah. not hit them. You did not. Oh, hi, Lestat. <laughs> I was really frustrated that night. I was like, I, I left the room very upset. <laughs> it's, it's like it took me a while to calm down because I was like pissed because like I was because like I couldn't play my character for a while. Uh, eventually, they let it, he got let out. But then after that, I kind of like formally retired the character and stopped playing. But uh, it, it was it was fun times. I got to meet a lot of cool people. I do apologize for the intrusion of the room into that. But <laughs> no. uh, Hurricane Kitten was watching some movie trailers because there's a lot of movies she hasn't seen. And the room came up. Oh, and... oh yes. <laughs> so it's been in my head. I'm surprised they did not recommend. I, just as, a, as a, a small tangent, I'm surprised no one recommended that she watch the movie that was made about the guy who wrote the movie The Room. The Disaster Artist. The Disaster Artist, because that's if you watch The Room, then you have to, you should watch Disaster Artist because it yeah. helps The Room make a whole lot more sense. Yeah, somewhat. But you're, somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah, James and I went to see The Disaster Artist when it came out a few years ago. It's like that was fun. But um, as far as like D&D, the first D&D character I ever played was a rogue. I don't remember the character's name because it's been, it was 20 years ago. So memory's kind of fuzzy on that. But uh, he was a rogue in 3rd edition. I had a blast. Got to play him for a decent amount of time. I even got to multi-class him uh, into an assassin. He, he wanted to, he eventually joined the Assassin's Guild. And so I got to like, it was like, it was a prestige class in 3rd edition going assassin and so i was able to get a couple levels in that uh before the game the game ended up uh ending i forget i can't remember if it was because uh, of the gm or something else but uh that was the first one i ever played and then um second character i ever got to play was uh, the one for uh fifth edition campaign that uh i've been in with james for the last few years got to finally play a monk i've always wanted to play a monk and i had a hell of a fun and Hopefully I get to play one again. I have some other ideas on how to do some different kind of monks. I think the monk is a really cool class for D&D. It's one of my favorites. But I'm going to stretch out and play some of the other ones. There's a lot of different classes, subclasses, ideas that I'm like, ooh, that would be fun to play. And, ooh, I want to try that. So, so next, uh, my next character is going to be a fighter, uh, a fighter class. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be fun. So I've only gotten a little taste of It's like eventually I want to be able to play, say I've played at least each class at least once just to see just to have some different variety because uh, each one has definitely has its perks for sure james has gotten to play a couple different ones and that's like uh i don't know how many off the top of my head but i know he's played gotten to play more than i have to a degree it it's mo- it depends on how long campaigns have lasted so mm-hmm. 
No, I, I, I wouldn't say I've sunk my teeth into some of them as much as I'd like. It takes time. I mean, yeah, it does. It does. Because, uh, let's see, well, you've been playing a, you've played a, you're playing a rogue now in a current game. You've played a sorcerer. Didn't you also play a cleric as well before? Or am I I did tr- try cleric a couple different times, and no, at no point did, it, did the campaign stick. I did fighter for a little bit when Jeremy was running a, a, a campaign, and that ended when Jeremy moved for, for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I miss him. Yeah, the nice. Yeah, it's hard when you lose a good DM. Yeah, I I got to know him a little bit before they moved out west. Uh, didn't you know not as not as knowledgeable, close to them as James is, but uh, they're very nice people, fun to hang out with. So, so what was your first gaming crush? Like your first crush on like a game character? Oh, that's easy. Aerith, Final Fantasy Seven. But I also like Tip a lot. Oh. Did, did you try to find all the ways to save Eris? I like thought it was possible. And I, found out, could. <laughs> I, I thought it was possible when I was playing it. It's like, but once I started reading up info in guides and online, I found out, <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't save her. She's supposed to die. <laughs> although I, I, although I will say, Dorkly came out with a cartoon. It's called Power Up Mix Ups, and I forgot which one it is, but they do do a mix up power up where she gets a one up mushroom and lives. So they kind of <laughs> did that for all the Final Fantasy VII game fans out there. We're like, here, <laughs> here, she lived. There you go. But uh, actually, now looking now, it's like uh, uh, I'm more I'm I'm more Team Tifa now than than Aerith. I think Tifa is more awesome. She's more badass. I think, and I, 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 if you ask me, like, who, who do I ship Cloud with, it would be Tifa. Alright, fair enough. Oh, two others that I kind of, like, brushed on were, um, Princess uh, Garnet, aka Dagger from Final Fantasy IX. Uh, I liked her a lot. And definitely was keen on, uh, the, uh, awesome ladies of the Resident Evil franchise, both Claire Redfield and Jill Valentine. Very fond of both. All right, let's follow up on Resident Evil a bit. Uh, was there ever a point in that game where you got legitimately terrified? At any point in that series? Um, probably the most like uh, 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 need to run, run, run was uh, when I was playing um, Resident Evil Three Nemesis because Nemesis is just relentless in that game. It's like it's like you got to get to a certain spot or else he's gonna he's gonna hunt you down and he's gonna kill you. You don't get to like the safe the the the, the safe spot the safe room where or like the point where he can't go any further. It's like I always was just like whenever I heard you know stars I was like fuck gotta run. <laughs> I do that's run that's away! one of my favorite games in the franchise though uh, number three. Unfortunately, I heard the remake is not that great. I haven't played it. I only got to play a little I've bit. I've heard of mixed things. The Resident Evil Resident Evil Two remake. I'm looking forward to playing. Completely, I played a little. I played. I was gonna play a little bit before my computer was like, "Nope, I can't run this," and I I liked it a lot. That's a great example of a well done remake of a classic game. But yeah, I heard that. I was disappointed to hear that the remake of three was not as good. But that was that was probably the only time because like at that point I've seen I've seen I've grown up watching a lot of horror movies, and uh, you know I've watched uh, you know the uh, 
the alien and aliens burst out of people's chests. And, uh, I'd seen uh, people get their heads cut off and <laughs> Friday the 13th. You know, it's like I'd seen some serious body horror. So the stuff in Resident Evil was uh, didn't really like shock me, but I it's like Nemesis definitely made me sweat. <laughs> Number three, just trying to avoid him when I I couldn't I didn't have the ammo to uh, to drop him. It was just it was just run dodge run dodge run run run. <laughs> Sometimes I didn't make it, <laughs> and then I had to start over, which was annoying. Uh, fun times. Sounds about right. Yeah, that's about right for for uh, that one. What's your what was your first arcade experience? Like actually in an arcade. And Not yes, the arcade at Seabreeze does count. Well, outside of like Daring Lake or Seabreeze, one of my main arcade experiences was uh, there was for a while up the road, not like not even like just up the road from my house where I lived. Um, there was a convenience store there for a time, and uh, it was really cool and convenient because not only did they have like uh, movies to rent on VHS. But they also had a little mini arcade. Had some pretty fun games, including one of my all-time favorites, which was 1941. I played the crap out of that whenever I had quarters. <laughs> it was fun just to like just walk down the you know just walk down to an arcade down my street and fiddle and waste uh, waste some time. But then uh, when I got to go to amusement parks or other places, I got more exposed to more games and stuff. Got to play a lot of different things. But uh, that was one of my earliest experiences. It was a small arcade. It was only like, like three or four games, but it was enough. You know, it's like there's enough, enough variety there. Can't for the life of me right now remember what other games they had. I just remember that one specifically because uh, it was always one of my favorites as far as like an arcade game. I always like the variety, especially when, uh, when I go to Darren Lake because Darren Lake had the like, super giant arcade and just loaded with stuff. The next best equivalent is definitely... Um, here in Rochester, at uh, oh god, what's the name of the place? I'm <laughs> blanking on it right now. We've gone to multiple times. For very had various birthdays there. Um, uh, what's the name of the place? The Playhouse. Yeah, it's the Playhouse. Thank no. you. <laughs> oh. It's like it's It's like it's, it's stupid, stupid, stupid memory blanking. What's the next? Like that, like best modern equivalent to just like a nice, good old fashioned arcade. Like, well, I have a lot of class. Like, I have a lot of good choices there. It's it's always fun. You know, uh, we go there and have some. Yeah. Have some fun. I had my fortieth there, and I think James, you had your fortieth there too. That's right. Yeah, that I had my fortieth there as well. I'm I'm sensing a pattern here. <laughs> Apparently, we all like going to Swole Burgers for parties. We should have another one just for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, next? we'll come up with an occasion at some point. Yeah. We're all vaccinated. There we go. I found a reason. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think. Oh, some other favorite classic arcade games that I love playing were, um, of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the X-Men. <laughs> oh, X-Men. <clears throat> Pumped so many quarters into that. The Simpsons one also was fond of. actually beat that. Was uh, I forget who. Um, I don't know if it was. I don't. I don't think it was James. I think it was maybe it was a cousin of mine. Because uh, oh, and uh, one of my fondest memories from when James and I were in college, there was a mini arcade in the uh, 
on campus. And uh, one of the games was uh, House of the Dead 2. James and I spent uh, one Saturday afternoon and several dollars worth of quarters beating that game. We were uh, we were determined. I don't think that was me. I think that was Dan Gordon. You beat it with. You sure? I thought you played with me. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because I remember him holding the gun sideways. You may be right, but you were there when we were doing it. If I remember. I was there. I think I was focusing on the pinball. Yes, that's right. You were trying to get the high score in the pinball game. Was it the Gopher one that they had there? Uh, they did have it there. I. I think they still had it at that point, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So that's always been one of my favorite pinball games. Uh, gopher. Good gopher is a dead gopher. <laughs> no, that was like one of my crowning achievements arcade wise was uh, beating House of the Dead too. It was about like four or five dollars worth of quarters, I think, between each each. But it, it was worth it because <laughs> we beat it and we had the high score. It was like didn't need to play it again after that. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, it's unfortunate that those games haven't gotten a re-release in a while. Yeah, that is a shame. I hear some of the code is lost. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's too bad. I know there was a. I know at Strong they were doing a program where they were playing older games that were starting to kind of uh, degrade to preserve the code. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if maybe they have a copy of it up there. Because I know they were playing a ton of older games that the codes were starting to degrade on them. And no, because they weren't popular games, mm -hmm. um, people really didn't keep the cartridges or, you know, places yeah. didn't maintain them as best as they could. So I think they were they were trying to save as many games as they can. Yeah. yeah. So. Strong Museum has a lot of you know, the classics there. It was really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't wait till they expand. One of my favorite of the more modern ones is uh, the four-player Pac-Man. Oh my god, I love the four-player Pac-Man. <laughs> I'm going to eat you! <laughs> now, do you have any particular moments in any video games that stand out for you as a favorite? You know, maybe maybe you beating a particular game after a long while, or just a, a dramatic moment that stands out, or something that just made you fall over laughing, anything like that. Oh yeah, there's a couple. Um... Anytime I beat a Final Fantasy game, I felt triumphant. Especially uh, 6, because um, I loved 6. I loved it. 6. I know everyone, most Final Fantasy lovers default is 7, but um, I played 6 first. And I'm very fond of 6, and I'm, I, I still kind of like a little bit more than 7, although I do love Final Fantasy 7 very much. But uh, I played 6 first, and there's just so many characters from 6 that I fell in love with. You know, it's like, and there was a lot of them. <laughs> it's like there's a lot of playable characters in Six, but uh, I enjoyed the hell out of most of them. It was like Locke, Terra, Celis, Saban, Edgar, Shadow the Ninja, my boy. It's like, uh, and uh, for those wondering, yes, I uh, I made sure to uh, complete the Shadow side quest. I got all the dreams because <laughs> I love Shadow. So it's like I made sure to do that before I beat it. So I was able to complete that. So, and plus I hated Kafka with a burning fiery passion. <laughs> God, that laugh drove me nuts. So I was quite triumphant when I beat that game the first time. That uh, was it was challenging. It was for sure because it's like that final that like final boss Kafka is not a cakewalk. Same for seven, mm -hmm. especially trying to go through all the side stuff and 
you know, Sephiroth was just a classic villain, now slash anti-villain for people, you know, it's like, though I think the ending that, I, um, I think I got the most emotion out of was probably nine, uh, just because, uh, character you think is dead is not dead and he comes back and gets to be with the woman he loves and so it's like i got a little emotional with that one let's see what other ones that felt really terms were any times i was able to beat uh get to one of the endings of uh, my favorite characters on street fighter you know getting to take out just being just just beating the crap out of m bison and getting one of those endings was always satisfying you can stand that <laughs> Some of a bitch. <laughs> Same for the Resident Evil games. Um, especially 2. It was really satisfying the first time I beat that. Both ways. It's like you got the beating as Claire and as Leon. It's a lot of work involved. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to think. Those are the ones that really stand out there. Like, most satisfying and both playing and getting getting to the end. One of the ones, also one of the ones I think I had the most fun playing through and beating was um, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door from GameCube. That's one of my favorite Mario games ever, period. Loved everything about that game, from the gameplay to the storyline and everything. So it's like, I appreciate James introducing me to that one. Have you played the new one, one yet? Hmm? No, I have not. Have you played the new one? No. Origami King is a lot of fun. They they do take they take the formula and they turn it a little bit, but it's kind of in seen, a way that's kind of fun to play. I've seen some people playing it on Twitch. It does look a lot. Oh, reminds me a lot of Thousand Year Door. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's a lot like a Thousand Year Door. That's why I like it. It's better than Sticker Star. <laughs> I will say that. And speaking of Thousand Year Door, we're going to sequence break a little bit because you just so happened to mention. It and it is today's entry in this day of gaming history. It was first released in Japan on the 22nd in 2004 on the date of this podcast's release. <laughs> that was perfect. That's that is so cool. Totally wow. not planned, people. Totally not no, planned. No, it was not. I just not did. planned at all. None. No, no, no really that's, wasn't. That's really cool. <laughs> oh, one more. Now I want to play Thousand Year Door. Was uh, is another game, one of our favorite Mario games of all time, Super Mario 3. I uh, s slept over at my cousin's house, and we dedicated uh, an entire Saturday morning into the afternoon into beating that game, and we did. It was a lot of fun. It also helped we had the guide. So we, uh, whenever the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the ship showed up with the card game, we looted the crap out of it because we had the guide, so we knew <laughs> we were able to figure out what the pattern was, and take everything out of there. So we were all stocked up. And uh, it's a lot of hard work. And it's like that that final level, when I was a kid, was not easy. <clears throat> all going through all, one of the, each one of those giant tanks to the other. Oof. But uh, it was worth it. You say, like, I beat Super Mario Bros. 3. I had, the I had the guy, too. I actually loaned it to a friend of mine. Her dog ate part of the guide, like the corner of the guide. Oh. She Ow. felt so, yeah, she felt so bad. She's like, I'm going to buy you another. I'm like, don't even worry about it. I could still see what it says. I don't, and I think when we moved the first time, the guide got thrown out because I really wanted to keep that guide. That was like my first gaming guide I bought with my own money. It was, I remember that where she borrowed it and she's like, my dog ate it. And I'm like, 
Well, probably tastes better than homework. Mm-hmm. Well, we've actually covered a lot of ground here. Uh, Chrissy, do you have any other questions we wanted to toss to Justin? Um, no, I think I think we kind of covered everything, other than maybe if Justin has any way of people finding him other than through us, that would be awesome. Uh, Does Justin have any other? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm on social media, but I don't do much social media. I mean, it's like I have, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. I have an Instagram, but I don't. I don't use the. I I just uh, mostly follow people. I occasionally will tweet things or say something on Facebook, but not very much. It's more just keeping in touch with people or following people I know, famous or otherwise. All right, well, we're going to take a short break, and when we return, we'll quickly uh, have our contact information and where you can find us in person in the near future. So stay tuned. Want to support the Irregulars? Head over to www.patreon.com backslash FC3ROC. We're part of the media division of Flower City Comic Con, based in Rochester, New York. We're a non-profit group. Everything we make off of Patreon and everything else we do goes right back into putting on our future conventions and other events, from reserving the facilities to bringing in guests. If you pledge any amount, even a slim dollar... You will receive improved access to my blog entries, where every Tuesday I go over current video game news and write retrospectives on old-school arcade games, all delivered conveniently to your inbox. There's plenty of other perks and rewards, and if you don't see what you're looking for, reach out to the crew. They'll be happy to work with you. Want to get a hold of us in particular? You can email Christy directly at k-r-i-s-s-i at fc3roc dot org and me at j-a-m-e-s at fc3roc.org. At the moment, we're still working out most social media matters, but we are indeed on Facebook at Gaming Street Irregulars. Chrissy and I are fairly frequently there sharing news and things we find cool, and begging, I mean asking, for your questions and answers to be used in upcoming episodes. Yeah, asking, that's the ticket. We love hearing from you all, whether you have praise, constructive criticism, or just want to share something cool and gaming-related yourselves. Also, wherever you find FC3 on social media, we're usually not too far behind, so if you reach out to them with something for us, they'll get it to us shortly. Legally speaking, all music, sound effects, voice clips, and so on are the properties of their respective owners. We make no claim to them and have no intention of profiting off of them. Please don't sue us. We have nothing you'd want. So... Have you been enjoying the podcast? Have you been enjoying our other podcasts? Would you like to meet us in person? Would you like to tell us how bad we are to our faces? Well, I hope not. But whatever the case, you can find us at Flower City Comic Con 6, The Search for 5, on September 25th and 26th at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. It'll be free parking. It's on a bus route. It's, it'll be really easy to get to. 
and and we hope to see you there. You know, tickets are on sale now online at at www.fc3roc.org and at a variety of local comic shops. Also, if you don't don't think you can make it but still want to donate to the FC3, there is a donation page available where you can donate dollar, two dollars, thousand dollars. I guess I've heard a rumor that if we get a certain amount donated, uh, Dan will actually get a semi-tattoo. Oh, 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 okay. That's the rumor that I heard. And he agreed to it because I don't think he thought that we would be, I don't think he thinks he'll get like $10,000 in donations. So that's our goal. Mm. Get Dan Simbi too. Hopefully one, hopefully he picks one that's designed by Pemi. Um, I hope so too. (laughs) Also, ladies and gentlemen, like, James said, you can tell us what you think of us. Any thoughts or ideas you have for upcoming podcasts, all flames will be used to make s'mores. Because I like s'mores. Yep. I think I'm going to go make some right now. Mm, So, so Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Justin, thank you. We have to have you back on again for something more game-related other than us interrogating you. James, put away (laughs) the tools of torture now. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's okay I, I i can't find them in the first place <laughs> i'm supposed to be the one losing stuff i'm the one who's packed <laughs> no this this this, is, this has been a lot of fun and it's like i love being on the show with you guys and yeah i look forward to the next time you'll have me uh i, uh, I appreciate it yeah we'll come up with something for sure oh, but worry. until then for for chrissy and justin i'm james irish thank you for listening to gaming studio regulars and as always game on bye everyone bye, bye.